0: Yes, 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 good evening everybody, how's everybody doing man, once again, this is your boy man, this is Isaac aka The Finisher, welcome to another edition of The Den, I am so excited today, first of all man, let's get the dirty laundry out the way, how's your week been so far, how's everybody doing, how was your weekend man, you know, where I am, it's a little chilly so, I'm adjusting to, you know, the weather and everything else. But I hope everybody, man, is just dealing with life on life terms. And, you know, you don't never have to do it by yourself. I just want to let you guys know that. Man, but I have an incredible guests, man. I have the host. The host. I'm going to say it again. The host of the Stephen Callis Show. I am so excited to interview this brother. It's been a long time waiting and with that we're gonna get started steven how are you
1: hey hey mate <laughs> yeah yeah hey Love introduction is uh i'm honored to be here in the den with you not physically but you know uh, in spirit i'm there with you
0: I most definitely I'm most definitely appreciate it because you could have been doing anything in the world, man. You decided to come and hang out with your boy Isaac today, man. <laughs> so I'm hoping, man. Maybe- yeah, hey, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, and man. I will say,
1: just before we, we jump in, that my, I will be talking quietly in a, a voice that some may call sultry because my son is asleep in the room above me. So I'll be sort of talking in quiet tones like this throughout. So I hope that's okay.
0: It is okay with me, and it's most definitely okay with our audience. So, Steve, we're going to get right to it. I know you're a father, but you're also Mm -hmm. a co-host of a terrific show. Mm -hmm. Actually, just tell us uh, how you got started with all that.
1: Well, uh, the the podcast came first because I was on a a journey to... uh, You know, I had a very misspent youth. I was a very angry young man, always getting into trouble, always doing stupid things. And then I wanted to. I started to listen to more audiobooks and podcasts, and traveling a lot around the world. And I wanted to understand myself a little bit more. Uh, I wanted to understand where my religious and political beliefs came from. Were they just secondhand? Were they some? And I found that doing a podcast and talking. Helped me to form my own opinions and find out who my core self was. Does that make sense?
0: It makes a lot of sense. Um, you talk about finding your core self. Um, what mm. was what was some of the difficulties, um, emotionally that you experienced in in that journey?
1: Well, I think it was. I mean, it might be strange, but my. My mother is an extraordinary mother. We, she's so loving and she's so funny. She's she's brilliant. But she's mother. She's she's very, very good at raising boys, but she wasn't equipped to raise by herself. So by the time we reached 16, 17, 18 years age, we didn't have the tools we needed to emotionally understand heartbreak and grief and loneliness, all the negative things that parents should be preparing you for, you know? So I had to figure out how to do all those things by myself. I was temperamental anyway. I was always pissed off about something. I was always upset, and I, you know, so I wanted. I knew that this was an unhealthy way to go forward, and I needed to change those sort of core personality aspects. Um, You know, where is my anger coming from? Where is my sadness coming from? Where is this need to be? With women all the time, where's that coming from? And, uh, yeah, it was essentially just analyzing unhealthy habits and finding where the hell they came from. And mostly it just comes from me being a knobhead, as we say here in the UK, and uh, from not being properly taught what it meant to be a. M- Does that make sense to you? You know, it makes,
0: it makes a lot of sense because, you know, we live in a system where um, men are defined by many things. And you, and you and I both understand that. And so sometimes, you know, really trying to define what a man is and who a man and his roles and what he should be doing and what he shouldn't be doing, um, it's a lot of noise out here when it comes to that. And I just want to commend you because, you know, going through that process and trying to find out who you are and dealing with that core belief, um, it brings up a lot of different emotions. And like you said earlier, you know, um your mother being a, a fantastic mother, but the things that you needed as a male, as a young teenager, as a young adolescent, mm-hmm. as a young adult, she wasn't equipped to teach you that.
1: So hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. And you, it's not the woman blamed her for it. It's not her fault. She he shouldn't have she shouldn't have the tools my father was never around we've even today we've got a very very distant relationship so and never able to you know i didn't spend enough time with him i didn't meet him until i was 12 or 13 years old so he was never able to to give me those skills so i had to essentially learn it on my own i just i'm just very grateful that i learned these things in time so that i can now impart them to my own son when he grows up that's the, the gift of the lessons
0: you know, I'm most definitely gonna understand where you're coming from because many times when we allow the world to raise our kids, the world is gonna give our kids not what they need but what they what they want and what they desire. That's right. So a That's lot right. of times we grow up with these false senses of hope. Um our view on society, our view on how we look at the world is warped because our reality is different because we didn't have that nurturing. We didn't have that guidance from a proper or or respected male figure. So I most definitely understand um, exactly where you're coming from. Unfortunately, you had to do what you needed to do, and I'm quite sure through that process there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of frustration. You want to talk about that for a minute?
1: Sure thing. Yeah, well, there's a lot. I mean, my my temperament growing up was awful because I never knew where it came from. So I couldn't, I couldn't turn the tap off at the source. I couldn't kill the beast that started the whole thing. So I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what it was. Um, so I was always getting. I was always destructive, getting in my own way all the time, not taking good opportunities. Uh, I, I lo- used to love to drink and do drugs because those things were a a unnatural escapism that temporarily put you somewhere positive or put you in a positive mind or it felt like at the time but it's all a sort of cancerous illusion and then but that's how i spent years and years of my life so i mean it, it it culminated eventually in me uh, I got rehoused in the UK there's lots of different sort of government and council uh, housing schemes and because I was homeless here just for a little while and because of my, my drinking and my drug abuse I was placed they said well we found the government said to me we found you a nice place a different town away from all your old influences and so you can stay here cheap rent but you'll stay with other people in like a shared accommodation. The problem is, is the shared accommodation they put me in, full of other drug users and drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> so, how about so, that one? So, how about crazy that one. <laughs> So suddenly, I had access to much more <laughs> drugs and much more drink than I ever did before. So things got worse. And then after a few months, I mean, these were crazy times. I mean, I, I don't, I don't look back on them in with too negative light because the people I lived with, they were. On real heavy drugs, right? They they were in a real real mess. But we formed this unlikely friendship and alliance because all we had really was each other in this shitty little house, this little sort of shared house. So we would, you know, hang out together, spend time together, and I would a lot of my prejudices I had about other people who had drink and drug sort of fell away because essentially everyone's just responding to some kind of trauma, but just unhealthily. Um, but it transpired in the end that there was a big fallout in the household. There was a big fight, and all these other people, everyone was falling out. So I thought I need to get away from this because I didn't, hadn't slept for four or five days because it was drug binge, drug binge, and I was going loopy. So I left by doing my friends and family what had happened. So I ended up just running away and living uh, in the woods between that place and my home. And I left in the woods for almost the best part of a year uh, in this real deep, sort of wooded forest. Um, And luckily, because I'd been doing a little bit of backpacking and traveling, I had a tent and I had a few provisions. So I could stay relatively warm. Um, But towards the end, I was living out of bins, foraging for food and out of bins and just trying to sort of stay alive. And then uh, one day I was found by the council, the local council, and they found me a little place to live temporarily with a lovely couple. And this couple took care of me and nurtured me back to health. I found my own flat, then got a job, and then slowly, slowly, with a few hiccups along the way, I managed to find my feet again. Uh, and, was, and then, so that was the the initial core journey, which was difficult because there was a lot of icy cold nights, a lot of hunger, a lot of trauma, um, a lot of dark things. I still don't even want to talk about to this day. but A lot of terrible things happened in that period. And then a few years later, so I must have been this must been about four years ago. I had decided my mental health had got the better of my depression my whatever it is that was always been faulty with me had totally taken over and i decided to uh kill myself to commit suicide and it wasn't in anger it wasn't in stress it was a moment of weird clarity like okay i've, I've tried i'm now ready to to end it and Two days before I'd planned to do it and I planned to go away so no one would find me and it wouldn't be too disruptive for friends and family. Two days before that I planned to do that, my friend Josh asked me to meet him and his new girlfriend so I could meet him meet her and say hello, that sort of thing. So I went to the pub to meet them both. And she had brought her friend along with her called Misha. And Misha and I started talking and it was just electric. It was magic. It was like the universe finally saying to me, you've done enough. You've waited long enough. Here she is. Yeah, that's it. And then she and then the universe just handed her to me on a plate. And now four years later, three years later, we've got a two-year-old boy and we're engaged to be married next year. I've got a job that I love. A podcast is doing well. And it was all about enduring, working hard, and waiting for the universe to, to let me off the leash a little bit, you know?
0: You know, I'm going to say it again, it was your time, it was your time, and I have a quote that I say, you know, when I'm talking to my guys, I tell them, you know, don't give up and don't leave before the miracle, so, you know, sometimes we don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, if we just hang in there and we go through them trials and tribulations and we give ourselves a chance. And we, we give the universe a chance to kind of align and get us where we need to be. Great things happen. Yeah. That was a wonderful, wonderful story. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm quite sure um, my listeners can really, really, really get a lot out of it. Because in a nutshell, um, sometimes you, you just don't know what people are going through or what their circumstances are, or what they had to do to get to this point. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, we see people in the light that they are now, but but behind that light, there was some darkness. And sometimes sure. you just don't know, you know, how people got to that place until you hear these stories. So, Steve, look, we have so much in common, I I. I can't even really start going into it, but we have so much in common, and I want to commend you for your journey up until today. Mm-hmm. So tell our audience about this show of yours, man.
1: Uh, yes, 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 yes. This is the... the <laughs> this the is this is your show. baby here. This is it, yeah. This is something that... This is the thing I've... Cause I, I'm outside of my, obviously, my family unit. This is the thing I've done with my time that I'm most proud of. Because we... I mean, the show is a crazy ride because one week we could be talking to someone. I mean, if I just tell you some of the stories we've we've had, like we're the same as you, we, we just we get guests on and we want to hear their stories, right? They talk to us and and that's that's it. We just talk over story. stories. But some of the stories we've had have been just extreme, outrageous, crazy or heartbreaking. And you never know from one week to the next what you're going to get. So, for example, we've spoken to um, a woman who it was awful. She lost two of her, her two daughters in a terrible flood act. And she was, she came on the podcast to teach our audience about how she dealt with the grief of losing her two babies in this terrible accident. And it was dreadful, dreadful. And then the next episode we'll talk to someone like uh, our old friend, Russ Kellett, who he says he's been abducted by aliens 60 times. <laughs> and uh, he was a, um, he was their super soldier in an intricate war. Uh, and then we'll talk to someone who survived sort of terrible child abuse. And the point of all of it, especially the heroic story, yes, is to find the, the strength of spirit and to constantly remind our audience. Some yes. episodes are fun just for relief, but the bulk of them are to remind the audience hey, that spirit of yours is durable as hell. You can survive it, whatever it is, whatever awful thing. That you're experiencing there's you on the other side of it and the proof of it is these people that we're talking to have endured the worst possible trauma and are here to tell you about it and you've got that same durable spirit Um, and then we'll talk to someone like our most recent guest is a guy called rocco paolo and rocco is uh for the last 20 years he's been in email contact with the sumerian gods So, uh, so you know, what I mean, that's what I mean. That's the show's a little bit sort of rollercoaster.
0: Steve, I I like your show because <laughs> it has so much diversity and uncertainty. You understand what I'm saying? So it's it's oh, like man. you yeah. just don't know what you're gonna get. And I'm most definitely resonating with you is when we talk about the spirit of human beings, and, yeah. and many times things happen in our life that we feel mm-hmm. like. That we can't get through But the spirit of human beings Always find a way to overcome Whatever level of adversity That we face We face adversity every day However some way or some form We find a way to get through it And that's only through strength Spirit And understanding your faith And understanding sometimes It is bigger than you so most definitely, I most definitely understand.
1: Another key part of it is, is gratitude is something that can really, if you practice gratitude properly, it's a really comforting tool, right? So I always say to people who come to me, because we also have a, it's, we're not doing it at the moment, we've got a mental health podcast called Better Than uh, Tomorrow or Better Than Yesterday is the, the previous seasons were called. And we get, real clinical experts to host the seasons so we can offer real mental health counseling and one of the things i sort of learned from that is that being properly grateful like say if you were to go to bed tonight and you wrote three things wrote down physically wrote down three things you like about yourself and three things you're grateful for just in the world in general sooner or later if you were to do that for a month two months three months the the synapses in your brain would, wouldn't have to work so hard to reach these positive experiences. And what I mean by that is my nature usually is quite a negative. One. Oh, I've got to do this tomorrow. I'm pissed off about this. My thoughts are negative without me trying too hard. But if you use this, this technique of telling your brain every night, no, I'm grateful for these things. I like these things about myself. Sooner or later, they sink into your brain like a spun. And that positivity becomes your... Default self, and so if anyone's struggling with something, I'd, I'd certainly recommend that as a, a jumping-off point, a good starting point.
0: You know what? You answered the question because I most definitely was getting ready to ask you if you had, you know, some advice or suggestion mm-hmm. to our audience. Um, the best way to really start um, developing your core and 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 self-esteem about yourself, what would it be? And that was perfect, man. Just believe in yourself. You know, tell yourself that you are somebody. Look in the mirror. Tell yourself that you love who you are. And and do it repeatedly. And at the end of the month, like you said, if you write just down those six things, you know, what Mm -hmm. you love about yourself and what you're grateful in, you'll be surprised that, You're in a much better place than somebody else that may not have half of what you are or what you have. So I most definitely appreciate it. So, Steve, man, tell our guests how they can get in contact with you, man, how they can reach you over there in the UK.
1: Oh sure. Well we're we're on every social media with at the moment we're sort of trying all of it. So you can find us uh, at the Steve Kalis Show, C A L I S um or www.calismedia.com That's our website. And literally everything's on there. All of the podcasts we've produced, all of our previous works, everything you might you need to know about us is, is all in one place.
0: And you heard it right here on the den. Podcaster, yep. and extraordinary. To you, That's what say- I'm gonna call you. <laughs>
1: thanks, man. And I want to say you're a you're you're a damn good host. You're you're a natural of this. Podcasting is very much your your calling.
0: I really really appreciate that, Steve. Um, like earlier, you know, we talked a little bit earlier. Um, I love what I do. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just for me. It's bigger than me, and I understand that. And with podcasting you get a chance to really get out of yourself and get to hear some other stories and let people tell the stories the way that they need to tell yeah. the stories. And you know what? It brings a level of humility that's ex- that's unexplainable. And I want my guests to understand that it really, really does. And like earlier I said, I, pre- I appreciate all the incredible guests that I've had over the three-month period. And Steve, I most definitely am grateful that you took time out today from your busy schedule to come hang out with your boy Isaac at the Den. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steve Callis, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. And I'm going to thank you again. And Steve, this won't be the last time, man. Maybe I can come on your show and I can tell you my story. How about that? Can we make that happen?
1: I was just that same thing. Yeah, yeah yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll, we'll arrange that um, yeah I' just yeah Funny you said that I was just I was just planning that same thing in my head so. most
0: definitely I would love to come on to your show and tell you my story once again Steve if anybody's here they love you today man I love you today and with that peace hey.
1: good brother Hey man, that was good. That was a good out there.